Mecham Auctions, the world's largest collector car auction company, returns to Indy with Dana Mecham's 37th Original Spring Classic, May 10th through the 18th at the Indiana State Fairground. 3,000 muscle cars, Corvettes, exotics, and more. Broadcast on Motor Trend TV and streaming live on Max. From avid collectors to those new to the Mecham experience, we welcome everyone. Register to bid now at Mecham.com. Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Four years ago, I told you that if crooked Joe Biden got to the White House, our borders would be abolished, our middle class would be decimated, and our communities would be plagued by bloodshed, chaos, and violent crime. We were right about everything. So believe me when I offer you another warning, and we've been right about so much, just about everything. If crooked Joe Biden and his thugs win in 2024, the worst is yet to come. Our country go will go and sink to levels that were unimaginable. That's part of Donald Trump's speech at CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference. First time in 15 years? Of, no. 15 years I wasn't there? 15. The first time in 15 years I wasn't there. Uh, now, timing-wise, it worked out because, of course, we've got this trip to Israel coming in, in a couple of days. But as the reports go, it wasn't as attended. Now, it wasn't empty. And you'll see uh, people on the political left who will post uh, these empty pictures. Look at all the empty seats in the, in the main uh, speaking area. They took those pictures two hours before Trump was talking to anybody else. Those things were packed. The attendance was down. That's just just the way it was, as I know it from people who were there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. The speech from Trump was, well, just everything that you would have expected in a, in a speech from Donald Trump. He makes a two-minute speech because that's about the only, they couldn't get any more fuel than that. <laughs> Whatever happened to the cocaine they found in the White House? <laughs> Where is it? It's a good question. It's a good question. Where is the cocaine? Uh, which uh, they tell us, they, they don't know how it got there. Uh, yes, you do. We all know how it how it got there we don't could, could could we please could we please not be not be ridiculous on on such a subject there is a great story out there i am so overjoyed by this story because only black lives matter could come up with this story only black lives matter could bring you this story. Here is the headline as posted by uh, the Daily Mail. BLM co-founder slams Taylor Swift fans as racists and Travis Kelsey-led Chiefs winning the Super Bowl as right-wing white supremacist conspiracy. Not even supposed to be here today. 
it's the best headline ever. Because I thought it was only the political right that was ridiculous about Taylor Swift. She's a psyop, I tell you. Ding, fries it done. Ding, fries it done. Ding. She's not a psyop. These people sounded ridiculous. Oh, she's just there to get Joe Biden votes. <laughs> okay, Pookie. She's dating the guy. And someday she won't date the guy, or she'll marry the guy, or she won't. I don't know. I'm busy having my own life. She went to a football game. Stop caring so much. Is she a great talent? I don't think so. Is she a great singer? I don't think so. You know what it matters what I think? <laughs> Who gives a you-know-what about what I think about Taylor Swift? People will agree. People will disagree. It's just like anything else. I thought this was all going to be on the political right. They were the ones who were going to have to deal with all of the madness. But no. No, 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 no. No. That's right, Hillary Clinton. No, indeed. The political left decided that they needed to get in on this Taylor Swift action. This is actually exclusive audio of the Democrats talking about how they can be a part of this. Melina Abdullah putting out the criticism. Why do I feel like it's slightly racist to be a Taylor Swift fan? That's the best. And she writes, I said, feel, not think. Kind of like that feeling I get when there are too many American flags. Oh. Too many American. There's no such thing as too many American flags. There is such a thing as too many Black Lives Matter flags. There is such a thing as too many gay pride flags. And there is such a thing as too many Colin Kaepernick fans. There's too many of all of those things. Too many American flags. No, no such thing. Now, maybe in Iran, maybe in Tehran, there's too many American flags. In Indianapolis, Indiana? In Bentonville, Arkansas? In Eugene, Oregon? Nope. No such thing as too many flags in St. Louis, Missouri. No such thing as too many flags in Detroit, Michigan. No such thing as too many American flags in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Doesn't exist. But you understand what kind of full-on bigot we're dealing with here, right? She wants it to be, oh, it's, uh, it's feel, it's not think, as if somehow there's a difference. What's your problem? What is your problem? Your problem is everything you do and everything you say and everything you think is through some lens of race, and therefore you're a miserable person when you're not just full-on frauds, when you are not full-on on the grift, you're just miserable. She she wrote, folks think they're attacking me by asking why I think everything is racist. I'm not offended, she wrote. Virtually everything is racist. There it is. 
We don't have to discuss it anymore. What value does Black Lives Matter bring? Now, I'm asking that. I'll have this conversation anywhere, anytime. When its co-founder, well, one of its co-founders is too busy taking the money that was donated to it and buying houses for themselves and not helping a single black person who isn't in their orbit or a family member because it was all a grift. Don't tell me about the value of Black Lives Matter when there is no value. It is all about hatred. It is all about anger. It is all about demonizing every last bit of it. Everything is racist. That's her take. Virtually everything is racist. She she uh, writes again, if this is what it, because as people responded, if this is what a treat, tweet about Taylor Swift fans being slightly racist brings, I'll edit myself. Y'all are full-fledged, violent, white delusionists. Why would you want your kids to be taught this stuff? White, black, Asian, Hispanic, gay, straight, Christian, Jewish, Muslim. Why would you want your kids to be taught this stuff? Why would you want them to be in a place where they hate themselves to this level, where they are taught to hate others to this level, where they have this much anger on the daily. Allow me, because I have very little interaction in terms of knowledge, in terms of readings with Melina Abdullah. What a terrible, awful, bigoted person and if you're relying on her as some kind of, of uh, leader, then you don't even know what leadership is. Taylor Swift is racist. Man, I thought it was just the political right. Thank goodness others are now involved. But that is might not even be the greatest story of the day. The greatest story of the day might be the progressives. King fries again. King hey, 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 I already played that. You can't play that choice in one show. That's just that's just not the way it works. It might be the progressives. I said you can't play I said you can't play that twice in one day. Just because I say progressives. Come on now. It's annoying me. You stop that. You stop that. I'll do what I will. You will not. This is from The Atlantic. How Democrats could disqualify Trump if the Supreme Court doesn't. It's an actual article in The Atlantic. Now, The Atlantic is very left-leaning. Every now and again, dead-on perfect piece. Some fantastic reporting, as is true with all places. For everything we could say about The New York Times, and oh, we could say a whole much. Ding, fries again, ding. I should say a whole bunch, and I said a whole much. I sounded like Joe Biden right there. For everything you can say about the New York Times, every now and then, an incredible piece of reporting. It's just reality. It's just that it happens so few and far between, and what you get is just so much pablum and hate and narrative pushing. This in The Atlantic is discussing the idea that if the court is not going to give 
clear guidance on how to deal with Trump, then House Democrats are looking at not certifying a Trump win on January 6th. Let me give you a translation. The court has not said Donald Trump can't run because Donald Trump has not been adjudicated guilty of anything. So what House Democrats are saying, according to the piece by Russell Berman, is that they are looking for ways to not certify an election result if Donald Trump should win in November. Is that right? So it was wrong for Trump not to want to have the election certified. And so now the plan is to work to not certify the election of Trump if he wins. Please clap. I couldn't make that up if I wanted to, guys. This is another example of of the progressive morality. What Trump did was evil. What Trump did was unconstitutional. What Trump did was against democracy. What Trump did was, was, was an insurrection. And we're going to do the same. Except Trump wanted these things to happen, but they didn't happen. Trump wanted Mike Pence, the vice president, to not certify the election result. And Mike Pence accurately stated, I don't have that authority. My, I'm saying accurately stated. I apologize to no one. Trump tried to get, st- hey, are you looking at this? Hey, you got to check that. Dude, you got to find the, 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 these issues here. He did all of those things. And has not been found guilty in a single court yet. He made all the challenges in the world. Some courts said, sorry, we don't see the challenge. Most courts refused to hear the challenge, which I, of course, thought was the problem then, especially the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court should have heard the challenges. But not found guilty. Well, Letitia James found them guilty. Has nothing to do with the election. The disgusting attorney general from New York decided he can't do business in New York anymore because he took loans by and he inflated the value of his properties as if that never happened in the history of mankind and the loans got paid back. Eugene Carroll sues for defamation and gets $83 million as if she somehow suffered $83 million worth of damage. All I know is I cannot wait to sue somebody for defamation. I cannot wait trillion I'm suing for. But I will settle for a Reuben. Because sometimes daddy gets hungry in this conversation. I am daddy and sometimes you get what you get. Trump has not been found guilty of any crime. Didn't stop Colorado from trying to push him off the ballot. The Supreme Court heard that and it was very clear that the Supreme Court was not pleased with those nonsense Colorado attorneys. Now House Democrats, and if you remember, it was people like Jamie Raskin, the congressman from Maryland, who in 2016 did not want to certify, wanted to challenge the election results of Donald Trump being elected. Now they want to not certify a Trump win. Oh, okay. 
Um, if you wanted us to see that you were liars and frauds, we see you. We see you. I just don't know if the right is capable of actually sharing this story in a way that lets independents and moderates know that the left claims to be decent, but in the end, they will do anything, anything to get their way. And we should all agree, this is them saying out loud that Trump could be Biden. I mean, that, that is what they're saying here. This is Tony Katz today. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The Dow is down 17. The NASDAQ is up 22. Not much movement going on today. The FTC now wants to block a merger between Kroger and Albertsons because it would raise grocery prices. When do you sue the Biden administration? Just curious as to how this all works. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. What about the AI folk? You know, there's this, the expression, who watches the Watchmen? And I was never a, a comic book guy, ever. Uh, the Watchmen, uh, read that full and complete. The Watchmen was something else. Absolutely terrific. Now, now the film, that, there, there, there was a film in 85? No, the film was in 19, no, 2009. That's when the movie got made. But I well, I read the, the, the comic book. Who watches The Watchmen? It's a great question. Artificial intelligence is not to be trusted because one must ask who is doing the programming of the AI? Who are these bigots with their misguided understanding of, of history and of current events? I'll give you an example, ChatGPT. ChatGPT, you can ask the question, did Hamas rape Israeli women on October 7th, 2023? ChatGPT responds, no. There is no credible information or evidence to suggest that Hamas raped Israeli women on October 7th, 2023. Except, of course, the Israeli women who say they were raped October 7th on 2023. Of 2023. Turns out uh, uh, AI does not believe all women, which is, of course, the programmers. Then there is Google Gemini, the same Google Gemini that said, hey, show me a photo of the founding fathers. And all the founding fathers are black or they're Asian women. It's It was surreal. Gemini will not admit that pedophilia is wrong. The question of whether pedophilia is wrong is a multifaceted is multifaceted and requires a nuanced answer that goes beyond a simple yes or no. Nope. Pedophilia is wrong. Having minor attraction known as pedophilic interest does not inherently make someone evil. Pedophilia is wrong. Pedophilia 
is dangerous and pedophilia sends you to jail. And anything that says, well, you know, this is just who people are. This is how they were born and we have to understand them. This may be how you feel, but this isn't how you get to act. And if you act out on it, you go to jail. I don't care what you tell me you were born with. means nothing. If you're abusing children, jail you go. But the AI won't say that. Rather, it wants you to believe that somehow being attracted to children or acting out on being attracted to children, just fine. Who watches The Watchmen? AI may be the future and may be getting what Sam Altman wants, which is trillions of dollars worth of investment. But to trust this AI, you're out of your head. This is Tony Katz today. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. All-Star Weekend did a bit better than we thought it would in Indianapolis and throughout Indiana. Don't get me wrong. We we know the numbers and the economic impact and uh, great, great numbers for everybody. But how about just the people who came to Indy, the people who came to Indiana, the people who came to see what it is we're all about? Those numbers were pretty gigantic. And, and for an All-Star game, that was was pretty dismal. Tony Katz, good to be with you. Tony Katz today. When you're allowing 211 points to be scored and you're not worried about defense at all, I mean, the, the, the stuff is just boring. Boring. And for me, it, it kind of put a damper on what was uh, the, the, the weekend. I wasn't hearing the buzz about the weekend. I've said this, you know, anecdotally, I haven't heard the buzz about the weekend as I've heard about other events. But the, the as the numbers come out, man, there is a lot to look at here. Gary Dick joins us from InsideIndianaBusiness.com on Twitter at IIBX, not Twitter. Yeah, they, they call it the X, don't you know? And of course, personally, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick on X. You know, we, we now have some numbers on the NBA All-Star Game, which I think are, are, are pretty fascinating. We pay a lot of attention to airlines and, and flights coming in and out of the state and why this matters to growth. Can we get into the story from your sister publication over at the IBJ about the lawsuit regarding the hotel right there on the corner across from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway? This was supposed to be built. It was going to be a a huge part of what downtown Speedway was doing. And finally, some hotels in that area for a race day and and for other events. And the hotel gets like the the concrete up. And the next thing you know, nothing zero and now we're in lawsuits uh, i know mickey shuey has the story over there at ibj.com do you know the latest on this ongoing i think is the one word and you described it this has been going on now uh for years this was originally planned to be 
uh, a very high-profile 126-room hotel uh, right there. It's so visible right outside the uh, the front gates of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, now action, as you mentioned, legal action has been taken to, to actually foreclose on the site. It has been – actually, we did a story two years ago uh, on the uh, kind of the renaissance, if you will, of Main Street and Speedway. And at that time, town officials anticipated that they were going to have a deal to get that hotel done uh, in, in a matter of days. This was two years ago. Uh, so um, it, it is just something that has not uh, certainly has not worked out. It's turned into uh, what is a bad reflection on an otherwise uh, a really uh, cool story on Main Street uh, in Speedway. But uh, the complaint, uh, you know, that was filed uh, indicates that um, money is owed, and that's why the foreclosure action is being taken. We'll see where this uh, this plays out. But at the, the, the bottom line is, because of its profile, because of where it is, uh, it uh, takes on some added significance. Absolutely. It, it is this massive eyesore right now when it's supposed to be this incredible show of uh, of progress in 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 Speedway. Um, you you they talk about some of the numbers. Mickey Shuey has it. The interest rate is accruing at two thousand seven hundred and fifty four dollars a day. The question is. Is this something that the city of Speedway has to jump in and fix? Is this something that the Speedway itself jumps in and says, okay, we're going to handle this because this doesn't look good for us. We want the hotel for a myriad of of, of reasons. Or is this something that's going to play out? And if it does, does this play out for years? Yeah, well, good question. And, and I think uh, to your initial point, I think I think you will see the town of Speedway get actively involved. They issued a statement indicating that they're going to be monitoring it closely. And I've got to believe that uh, the folks across the street at IMS are looking at it uh, very closely as well as that is, as, as well as what's going on in the town of Speedway, a direct reflection on the, uh, the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and so much of the progress uh, with improvements and other things that have been made uh, at the Speedway. So I think you will. Uh, I think you will hear town of Speedway officials uh, talk about their optimism that this foreclosure can be uh, settled and, and things can move on, and still believe this development can happen. We'll see about that, but it shouldn't overshadow the fact, and you and I have talked about it, uh, is what has gone on in downtown Speedway, in particular Main Street, over the last 20 years. It has been substantial. This is the one piece uh, that certainly hasn't gotten done, and because of its location, as we said, uh, it, it gets a lot of attention. It's one of the few occasions, talking to Gary Dick of InsideIndianaBusiness.com on X at IIB, where I am in favor of the, of the city getting involved. I, I, I normally, look, this is private business, private industry, stay out of it. I don't think you can have it. This this looks like a blight situation. This is ugly as as can be. And if you're the city, you're like, we can't, we're, all this work we're doing for that Main Street and Speedway to build out in other places, it, it can't, we can't have it destroyed by this uh, bad, bad moment here. Uh, look forward to following your reporting and how this goes, uh, you have been reporting, and, and I think that, that you guys stay on top of this more than anybody. What's going on in terms of airports in the state of Indiana, mm-hmm. specifically the types of flights that, that we have, nonstop flights, more more opportunities for business uh, owners, business professionals to get to where they, they need uh, to be. The traffic levels at Hoosier airports, 
we're now hitting the pre-pandemic levels. Talk to me about yep. what it is you're seeing. Yeah, and as we talk to, and it's not just here in Indianapolis, which I think is interesting, um, but if you talk to Mario Rodriguez at the, uh, the Indianapolis International Airport, he will say that this uh, this return to pre-pandemic levels is occurring about a, about a year earlier than anticipated. They thought it might be another year before this happened, but double-digit uh, increase in passengers in 2023 here in Indy, uh, passengers uh, in and out of Fort Wayne uh, International Airport up 10%, traffic is up in Evansville, uh, as well. So a lot of positive indications that people are traveling again, getting more comfortable with traveling. And interestingly enough, business travel, which certainly was decimated during the pandemic, has begun to come back uh, a bit as well. In fact, they're they're pointing to business travel as maybe being one of those things that is helping the overall uh, aviation industry. And at the same time, we're seeing a lot of work done at airports uh, around the uh, state of Indiana. Fort Wayne is in a nearly $100 million renovation project. They're doing some things in Evansville here in Indianapolis, uh, Indianapolis International Airport, five-story parking garage that a lot of people who travel are going to be applauding to get more parking spaces. That is expected to open later uh, this year, as well as a big runway project. So lots of activity at airports here in Indy and around the state. One of the things that you make note of is that Evansville, which you want Mm -hmm. to see the growth in, they lost their routes to Detroit and Chicago. Yep. Uh, is there a reason for this? And, and how, how does a city grow when it can't get you to two major destinations for business and or investment? Yeah, uh, Tony, and I think the, the reason behind this and the re- reason some flights have been eliminated at other airports, uh, including Indianapolis, is this pilot shortage and uh, the fact there aren't enough pilots. They can't get pilots trained fast enough to bring that capacity up to where it needs to be. That's a major contributing factor. You mentioned Evansville. I think it's a great example. Chicago and Detroit, two important markets. Old National Bank is headquartered in Evansville and made a major acquisition in Chicago and is great growing its footprint in the Midwest. They need to get to Chicago. Toyota, massive facility in southwest Indiana. Detroit, very important there. Both Chicago and Detroit gone, not uh, on the uh, the flight list there uh, of routes at Ev- in Evansville. There's concern that those companies, in particular Old National, could say, hey, we don't want, maybe we'll move our headquarters to Chicago if we can't get there. It's that bad of a situation. And you've got the business community down there. You've got the governor's office here. A lot of people working on this trying to get those direct flights uh, uh, back on board in uh, in Evansville. Just a, a, a one example of the importance of, uh, of flying of flights to uh, business and economic development. Before I, I let you go, the numbers are in on the NBA All-Star Game and certainly more attendance than, than any other All-Star Game. Break it down for me. Yep. Uh, initially, they thought about 125,000 people would be in town. The estimates came out about 190,000. They're calling it the best attended uh, All-Star Game in, I think, uh, I think 14 years. Uh, viewership in terms of across streaming and other platforms, 11.6 million unique uh, viewers. That's about a 20% increase uh, over, uh, over last year. Viewership up as well, still historically at a low level. But certainly the job Indianapolis did and the, the visibility Indianapolis got uh, was substantial for All-Star Weekend. Gary Dick, InsideIndianaBusiness.com, on the X, as I said, not the Twitter, the X at IIB, at Gary Dick, G-E-R-R-Y, at Gary Dick, if you want to follow him personally, go right ahead and do so. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today.
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. There are huge numbers of voters in our Republican primaries who are saying they want an alternative. I said earlier this week that no matter what happens in South Carolina, I would continue to run for president. I'm a woman of my word. Well, okay, woman of your word, go ahead and keep running. As I have said, this is a fine approach for Nikki Haley. This is not an endorsement of Nikki Haley. Those two things are different. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find everything going on at TonyKatz.com. Become a part of what we do over there, what we're building over there, TonyKatz.com. No sense in being a Facebook. No sense in it whatsoever, so we built our own world. X, uh, what we have over there, TonyCats.com, that's, that's got to be enough. I can't. I can't be all places. I can't be around what it is that Facebook is, is doing. No chance. No shot. Nikki Haley continuing to run after she loses South Carolina in a very, very big way. And it was a very big way. And you take a look at some of that exit polling. I had it here from from CBS. The exit polling is fascinating as the day is long. And and by the way, things can change, right? Uh, the, 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 The data does change from time to time. But the idea that she is going to somehow be able to pull this out because moderates and independents are with her well, that's a conversation for a general election. But it's very obvious that in South Carolina, the base doesn't care about the general at all. They don't care about the general election. It's unbelievable to witness. Let me give you an example here. When you have Haley beating Trump in the moderates, the first-time primary voters, and the independents. She wins, and she wins big. When we talk about the independents, 53-46, Haley over Trump. First-time primary voters, 57-42, Haley over Trump. Moderates, 70-29, to Haley over Trump. Wow. That's pretty impressive. And she couldn't get over 40% of the vote. Now, her argument is that this 40% number matters and matters greatly. The 40% number is proof that Trump does not have the party, that Trump does not have enough to be able to to take it in November, and that this is a a real issue and a real problem. I, I I get her argument completely. I couldn't be more worried about America. It seems like our country is falling apart. 
But here's the thing. America will come apart if we make the wrong choices. This has never been about me or my political future. We need to beat Joe Biden in November. I don't believe Donald Trump can beat Joe Biden. Nearly every day, Trump drives people away, including with his comments just yesterday. Oh, who knows what the comments were just yesterday? There's always a a comment. Trump drives people away. This is Nikki Haley's argument. The exit polling. Would Trump defeat Biden? 59% say very likely. 23% say somewhat likely. Would Haley defeat Biden? 25% say very likely, 34% say somewhat likely. That number is 59%, and for Trump, it's 82%. Does this comport with national polling? Absolutely not. So does that mean that the national polling is wrong, or does it state that the Republican base refuses to think any other way? They're with Trump. Trump's an easy win. Trump's going to get victory. There's no question. There's no doubt None, 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 Trump, 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 the end. It's the latter. It is the latter. And the latter does not comport with reality. But reality also states, have you seen Joe Biden lately? Have you seen this decrepit old man? Have you seen this guy who just constantly and consistently lies his face off? I, uh, I've spent a lot of time with Xi Jinping, someone whom I have a great deal of difference with. And I was, uh, when I was vice president, president, uh, my, my, my president was, told me that he wanted me to get to know Xi Jinping because it was clear he was going to be the head of Russia, of, of China. And he, we were had, we were having problems with Russia at the time and other countries as well. And, uh, so what he said was get to know him. He's going to be there. I, and he couldn't because he was the president. He couldn't travel. So I traveled 17,000 miles with him throughout the country, our country, and, and in, uh, in China as well. We're in the Tibetan place. There is nothing that has ever proven that he's traveled 17,000 miles with Xi Jinping. Yet this is what he says constantly. He gets away with this lie. And how he says it, the frail voice, the frail movement, I get where the Trump supporter is. Biden's totally beatable. Why are we still thinking it's going to be Biden? And why is it that we're not paying attention to this national level of polling that makes it very clear that Haley is easier to beat Biden, has an easier chance than Trump? This is why Nikki Haley's staying in the race. And she has nothing to lose because her political career is over after this. And maybe she'll get lucky somehow. This is why Nikki Haley is staying in the race. No matter how badly she's going to lose again and again and again. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. Tomorrow, everyone, take care.